Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Val III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hallelujah. I don't know about anybody else, but when you've been bound by something and God eventually sets you free. <laughs> See, I'm talking to a people who's been through something, who's been bound by something and God has set you free. Come on, just in this moment, get, begin to give God thanks. Come on, begin to give God thanks. Begin to give God praise. If you've been set free, from anything, begin to give God thanks. Father, we thank says because you've been faithful over a few things I'll make you rule over much I want you to I want you to hear this I believe in this next season God is going to open up doors because of how you treat the few things many times people take small audiences and small gatherings and just say no this I'm just going to do I'm going to get by on my gift but because of the level of intentionality that you've given to the few things God says I can trust you with much so don't think it's strange in this next season when God gives you stages way bigger than these because of your faithfulness. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise for you. Hallelujah. We, we should never take any assignment that God gives us lightly. The reason God don't trust us with a lot of stuff is because we, we treat the things of God as little. Somebody say, don't do that. Don't do that. Let us go quickly to the word of the Lord. It's so good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. I want us to go to Psalm chapter 10. I want us to look at verses 4 through 6. Psalm chapter 10. I'm starting a new sermon series called The Poison of Pride. The Poison of Pride. I'm reading from the New Life version of the Bible. If you don't have your Bibles, it's on your screen. The Bible said the sinful man, somebody say the sinful man, in his pride does not look for God. All his thoughts are that there is no God. His ways always go well for him. Your laws are too high for him to see. He laughs at the, all those who hate him. He says to himself, I will not be moved. For all time, I will never have trouble. Verse number four says, the sinful man says in his pride, in his pride, he does not look for God. All his thoughts are that there is no God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. 
I want to minister from this subject this morning, the perspective of pride. Somebody say the perspective of pride. Yeah, the perspective of pride. It, it, it's, it was at the entrance of pride that caused many men, watch this, to have the end of their life. At, at the entrance of pride was the end of many men. Somebody say pride. Because if we can be honest, pride causes men to reject God. I believe I have it on our screen. You will reject God when you're in pride. That's Deuteronomy 8.14. Pride causes men not to revere God. I'm scared of folk that don't really like to praise or worship God. That might be a sign, somebody say, of pride. And even more, pride causes, watch this, God to resist men. Somebody tell your neighbor, um, somebody tell God, don't resist me. Yeah, don't resist me. In other words, pride will keep you from the presence of God. And when men are void of God's presence, they are void of his protection. Somebody say that's dangerous. And, and, and we wonder why, watch this, could it be that a lot of churches are not filled with his presence because a lot of churches are filled with people who have pride. Uh, somebody say, I need his presence. Yeah, I'm going to start a new, new, new little policy for this church. If you got pride, you might have to get out. Somebody say, we want God's presence. And it's important to note that pride would not only leave us unprotected, but many times pride will go unnoticed. We can be operating in pride and not notice it. Somebody say, it's subtle. Watch how pride, Proverbs 21.4 speaks of those. It says, a proud heart and evil actions are all sin. In other words, pride is a sin that is conceived in our hearts and watch this many times concealed in our hearts. You can walk around with pride and somebody say and not know it. This means you can be full of pride and another not know it because many times we conceal pride in our hearts. And this is why pride is such a poison in the life of a believer because pride, watch this, does not have to be public for your destruction to be promised. I hope y'all caught what I said. Pride does not have to be public for your destruction to be promised. Somebody say that's pride. Watch what Proverbs 16, 18 declares. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. This means destruction is promised for the prideful even if your pride is public or not. Somebody say you better check your pride. Yeah, yeah, many of us are walking around and, and full of pride, not knowing that our destruction is promised. Ooh, somebody say that's dangerous. Yeah, that, that, that's dangerous. And the dangerous thing is that a believer can live with both unnoticed and unchecked pride in their life, and it leaves us unprotected. This is why we have to discern if pride is in our life. Because if it goes unnoticed and unchecked, somebody say, I'm unprotected. So the next several weeks, we'll examine the poison of pride. And it's important to note what this word pride means in Proverbs 16, 18. It's the Hebrew word gaon, which means exaltation, arrogance, but even more glory. So here's a working definition of pride. Pride is when we exalt ourselves to a degree that we rob God of the glory that's due his name. Many, we don't know it, but many of us exalt ourselves to a degree in our lives that we rob God of the glory. We think, oh, no, that was because of me. That was because of what I did. That was because of my education or my connections. Somebody say, that's God's glory. And this is how pride is such a poison of a believer because it can sneak into your life. Watch this subtly. Ooh, somebody say, we got to be careful. 
Yeah, we got to be careful. Uh, and here's a word of wisdom. You can think you're living for God and pride still living. Somebody, somebody say. Because throughout the, the new life version of the Gospels, it would refer to the Pharisees, watch this, as religious law keepers. It was a proud religious law keepers. Look at the new life version of the gospel and you will see the Pharisees replaced with proud religious, somebody say law keepers. Yeah, 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 law keepers. In other words, you can discipline the things of God and pride still be deep in your heart. You can look like I'm coming to church. You can look like I be on my faith and pride still be in your heart. The Bible says they were proud and they were religious and they were law keepers. Somebody say they were faithful, but still full of pride. Did y'all catch what I just said? You can be faithful and come into church and still full of pride. Somebody say it's a poison. It's a poison. And, and watch this. Anybody who knows the Pharisees, they thought they were living for God. You can think you're living for God and in pride still living your life. Ooh, somebody say, help me to discern my pride. That means we've got, and I, and I know we know it because we've been in church, most of us all our life. It's conceited church folk. Somebody say conceited. You've got evangelists that are self-exalted. And you've got pastors that are prideful. They feel like they built the church and not God. Somebody say, that's dangerous. Faithful law keepers, but living and full of pride. And here is why this is dangerous. Because believers that exalt themselves, in other words, make themselves full of pride, it makes it difficult for the unbeliever to encounter God. I need, I need to say that one more time. Any believer that exalts themselves, in other words, makes themselves full of pride, watch this, it makes it difficult for the, believe, the unbeliever to encounter God. So could you be the reason that an unbeliever does not encounter God? Somebody say, I'm going to give you a Bible. I'm going to give you a Bible. I done gave y'all some reference scriptures. But the Bible speaks of King Uzziah in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. And he talks about the pride of King Uzziah. The Bible says, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up. Somebody say, full of pride. And then at that time, this is just a little bit, little bit of biblical background. The prophet Isaiah was the major prophet in that time during King Uzziah. And then watch what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1. It says in the year that King Uzziah died, this is the prophet Isaiah. He said, then I saw the Lord. In other words, the presence of King Uzziah's pride hindered the prophet from being able to see God. Ooh, someone say that's dangerous. See, I'm, your pride might be the reason somebody don't get to see. Someone say God. Ooh, that's so dangerous, y'all. The one that's called to be the mouthpiece of God. Ooh, this means your pride could be the very reason that hinders someone from the presence of God. So, a pride is a poison in our life. Ooh, God, give me my voice. Give me my voice, God. Go to the next slide. We'll examine God's position on pride. In other words, God responds to the pride in our lives even when we don't respond to the pride. That, 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 that's critical. Then I'm going to talk about the plight of the prideful. In other words, what happens as a result of pride entering my life. 
And then we're going to talk about the prescription for, for pride. Talk, somebody say, he ain't going to leave me un, un, unhealed. I ain't going to leave y'all unhealed. We're going to get some rescue from pride. But this morning, I want to examine the perspective of pride. Because this is how pride can live in our life. Because it changes or distorts our perspective. Somebody might be saying, why is this significant? Because pride's ability to conceal itself is determined by the degree of our clarity. <clears throat> the only reason that pride can operate in our life and conceal itself is because we can't see clearly. Someone say, God help me see clearly. And if you can't discern pride, you'll never be able to defeat pride. This is why folk can be mothers in the church and they can die in their grave and not know they died with pride. Someone say, help me today. I, I don't want to live for God. I don't want to have titles in the church and I operate in pride and I make somebody miss God. So someone say, I got to discern pride. So we're going to talk about the perspective of pride. And the reality is, watch this. Pride wants to distort our perspective so that we won't see the poison of pride. It wants to distort how I see the things in the spirit so that I won't watch this so that it might be a poison in my life. But here's the good news. I believe in our foundational text. It reveals how pride distorts. And we can defeat pride when we have the ability to discern pride. Someone say, help me to discern pride. So let me examine our text. I believe the table is already the sinful man in his pride does not look for God. Here's what I need us to know. Isolation is always the intent of pride. Pride wants to get you in isolation. Someone say isolation. And because pride, watch this, wants to believe it to find contentment, comfort, and even covenant. It wants you to make covenant with isolation. And somebody might be saying, why is this significant? Because pride gains strength when pride is not confronted. No, it, is, it feels like I can do what I want to do because I'm not going to be confronted. Pride gains strength. Watch this. When pride finds comfort. Oh, comfort, comfort, comfort. Somebody said shout comfort. And, and pride gains strength. Watch this. Where there is no counsel. And nobody ain't going to counsel me. And, and I put myself in isolation so I don't have to be counseled. And watch this, pride really gains strength when pride does not have to be corrected. So before the pastor called me out, I'm gonna find myself, so I say, in isolation. Because they know, if pride knows if I'm confronted, if I'm counseled or I'm corrected, it gains strength. So, so it always wants you to look at isolation as a good thing. Somebody say that's the perspective of pride. It wants you to see it as a good thing. And I don't know if y'all know, but I, I, I have to do this because somebody say he the pastor. I like to stay in touch with all the re things relevant in the culture. It's, it's not because it's not I like Cardi B. I'm trying to stay relevant. You know, but there, there, there's been this recent debate in the body of Christ about spiritual covering. And some folk are saying, you don't need no spiritual covering. You can, you can do what you want to do. You, ain't need, you don't need nobody to cover you. And there's folk over here saying that spiritual covering is a good thing. God wants us all to have spiritual covering. But I'm not talking about that. No matter where you land on the debate, it's important to know, watch this, that the attack of the enemy is more potent in your life than the believer that has no accountability. 
So, so I don't care what you think. You might say, I'm the church, church is in my heart, but someone say that's dangerous. The attack of the enemy will always be more important in your life if you have no accountability. Listen, this is why ever since this church was established, I've been praying for accountability. Not that I don't believe God has called me. Not that I don't believe that God has not graced me for this. But I know that I'm subject more to the attacks of the enemy when I have no, somebody say, accountability. This is why a lot of folk, when they get in sin, they run from the church, Pastor Cole. We can't find them. We can't get in touch with them. We text them. We run by their house and, uh, and it seems like they just moved out of nowhere. They don't want accountability. And they wonder why the enemy is beating them up because they have no accountability. Somebody say isolation. Isolation. Yeah, isolation. Uh, this is why, watch this, why Ecclesiastes um, chapter 4 reminds us that two is better than one. And watch what verse 12 of that same chapter says. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. This is why pride wants you to be in perpetual isolation. And it wants you to see perpetual isolation as providential. What does that mean? He wants you to see isolation as the will of God for your life. Somebody say, that's pride. Yeah, that's pride. So here's how we discern pride. Do I think, no, it's better for me to be alone. It's better for me not to bother the pastor. And look how subtle pride is. It's not those things where you just boast yourself up. That, that's pride. But pride says, I don't need anybody else. And if I don't need, because I don't want to bother nobody. I, I, I don't want to overwhelm somebody with the issues of my life. Somebody say that's pride. Because we're called to be, somebody say, in community. Ooh, help us today, God. Some of y'all, we, some of us got to run in our spirit. We run at the sight of trouble. And what you're not realizing is, and you wonder why whew, you go from trouble to trouble to trouble because remember what I said when pride goes unnoticed it, it many times leaves you unprotected Woo, pride, pride pride and so so we've got to be careful for the believer that says I don't want nobody in my business we, we've got to be careful for the believer that says I don't need nobody to pray for me I can pray for myself yes you can pray for yourself but somebody else should be able to intercede on your behalf I don't need no church family because Minister Chantel, the church is in my heart. So I'm going to say, be careful. This is a believer that is subject to destruction because the enemy can overcome the believer and finds rest in perpetual isolation. This is why I try to work so hard that we create a, a, a culture of safety, a community of fellowship here, and a culture of fellowship because the most dangerous thing is, is for a believer to be in isolation. And, and I think we live in a generation of believers, not even just the church, but at large, where we don't want nobody to think that, they're, that we're weak. So, so I don't want to tell nobody I'm going through. I don't want to share what I'm dealing with. And really what that is, somebody say that's pride. Yeah, that's pride. You thought you was helping yourself. No, you're killing yourself. Tell your neighbor that you're killing yourself. So, so this is why a foundational text says that the man in pride does not look for God. And one Hebrew translation of this word God in this text means ruler. In other words, pride does not want anyone to have influence over them. And this is why pride wants to remain in isolation. 
I don't want nobody telling me what to do. I don't want nobody helping me with my decisions. I don't want nobody helping me pull me out of my, 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 my replace. It does not want anyone to have influence over them. So I remain, somebody say, in isolation. I, I was just teaching part two of our new members class this morning. And one of the things that I was sharing is that um, we were talking about the focus of the shepherd. And one of my focus as a shepherd is to give watch. In other words, the Bible calls, says to submit to your leaders and obey them for as one who would give watch over your soul. And, and, and this is what I said. I can only give watch over your soul to the degree that you give me access. Woo! Because here's this, even if I have a prophetic gift, the Bible says that we prophesy in part and we know in part. So I don't know the very, all the very depths of Miss Carol's soul. So there are some areas that she has to give me some, I say, access to. And you can be all deep as, as you want to be. We know that you were intercessor. We know that you've been to the third heavens. But say, tell your neighbor, give me access. Give me access. You too deep, too deep, and you deep in pride. So, so, so this means they want pride. They want to rule their lives rather than God. And watch what the beginning portion of Proverbs 18.1 declares. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. I don't want God to do nothing in my life. I don't want God to have influence over my life. So watch what I do. I isolate myself. I'm scared of folk that always isolate themselves. And I want y'all to know something about your pastor. Your pastor is an introvert. In other words, I gain strength from solitude. But one of the things that I have to work on continually is not to isolate myself. Because when you isolate yourself, Pastor Cole, I know he got a prophetic gift. So if I isolate myself too much from Pastor Cole, he gonna be wondering what's up with Pastor Keith. Because I'm scared that he gonna see what God already knows in my life. Somebody say isolation. Yeah, isolation. And despite how you feel or you think, if you justify perpetual isolation and desire perpetual isolation over the community of believers, then you may have the perspective of pride. I like to find re revitalization and refreshing by myself. I'll fish by myself. I'll watch football by, my, by myself. Somebody say, by myself. But I love the community. I love the saints of God. There's times that I can be feeling all down and out and I get in the house of the God, a house of God, and I'm revived. Somebody say we need community. Ooh. So, so, and, and watch this. Here's a word of wisdom because I need y'all to catch this. You can be physically present and still be in perpetual isolation. You can be in the house and sit. Believers that live in community with no intent to be counseled, no intent to be corrected, and no intent to be confronted. Someone say isolation. isolation. Yeah, that's isolation. That you never tell nobody that you're going through. You always blessed and highly favored. You always doing well. You always, I can't complain. No, it's something you can complain about, but you are in isolation. Matter of fact, there are believers that live in community. Someone say, go ahead and get out. And here's the reason I want you to get out, because we want to get to the presence of God. I don't know about y'all, but I don't just get, I, listen, I got three kids. I got kids that keep me up. I got kids that want me to play Xbox. I could be chilling at the house. So if I'm going to get up, if I'm going to be tired, someone say, I need to see God. I don't know about y'all, but I got up wanting to see God. And if pride going to be here, we, it may get in the presence of God. 
physically present, but in perpetual isolation. And it makes no, watch this, it makes no sense to be in community and not want the benefit of that community. And here's, here's, I know why. Because a lot of us have been burnt by community. A lot of us have seen community and, and that community is dysfunctional. But some say there's a benefit to community. And this is why we got to work hard in this church to make sure that we keep our community as clean as we can. Ooh, many of us have been hurt by the so-called church community. Ooh. Watch what Proverbs 5, 12 through 13 warns us with. How I have hated instruction. My heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. Because you can reside in community and still reject correction. That's a sad tragedy, y'all. Even more, the latter translation uh, portion of um, the voice translation of Proverbs 12.1 reminds us that fools hate any kind of instruction. If you have access to fellowship, somebody say, don't be no fool. God has placed you in a fellowship of believers. Some say for a reason. So here's the first thing I need us to know. Some of y'all didn't know y'all was operating in pride. But if you live in isolation, somebody say live in isolation. I could be operating in pride. Yeah, pride gains strength in isolation. And you can be in the church and still in isolation. Someone say don't be no fool. And this is why it's dangerous. Um, th this is that we're in perpetual isolation. So let's look at the next portion of our text. The Bible says all his thoughts are, there is no God. Pride desires, watch this, for your voice to be the only and last voice that you both hear and heed. Somebody might be saying, what do I mean? When your decisions and God and his word, he wants you to be the measuring stick. Somebody say pride wants you to be the measuring stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important to know that this perspective of pride is subtle because it wants you to be moved or make decisions based on your instincts. I know um, Bishop um, TDJ's got a book called Instincts, but you, somebody say, yeah. It, it wants you to move based on your intuition. Somebody say, you got to be careful. And it also wants you to make decisions based on your intellect. Somebody say, you got to be careful. Uh, and we wonder why uh, uh, destruction has come our way because someone say that's pride. In other words, it wants you to believe, here's what pride wants you to believe, that you have enough and that you are enough to make decisions and be directed on your own. Somebody say that's pride. Don't talk to me about that. I already know about that. I got, a, I got an MBA. I got a doctorate in this. No, 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 no. Don't, don't counsel me on that. I ain't got to do nothing with God. Do you know my resume? Somebody say that's pride. Yeah, 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 yeah. Many of y'all too smart, you dumb. Some, somebody, some, some, somebody say they too smart, they dumb. Because despite what you believe, this is both dumb and dangerous. Watch what Proverbs 3, 7 says. It says... Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. I don't care how many degrees I got. I don't care how, what kind of education I got. I don't know. I don't care what kind of success I got. If I want to have success in God, someone say, I've got to seek God. Listen, many of us predicate our decisions, watch this, on prior encounters or prior experiences. In other words, it worked well this way. But the journey is directed by God. Somebody say it's directed by God. 
So I've got to get my instructions Somebody say, from God. And, and we mess ourselves up operating or being wise in our own eyes. Somebody say, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Ooh. I say this, say this quite often. The Bible says there's safety in the multitude of counselors. But the Bible never says that that safety is so, that counsel is sovereign. The only counsel that I want to receive that's going to finally direct my life. Listen, I want y'all to hear me and hear me good. You can receive counsel from your pastor. Somebody say that's safe. You can receive counsel from your prayer partner. Somebody say that's safe. But the last voice I want to hear is God because God is somebody say sovereign. In other words, it means he's in control of my journey. So with well-meaning intent, I can give Chantel counsel that takes her off path of the, the, the perfect will of God for her life. Someone say that's dangerous. So receive from your pastor, receive from those that are close to you, but you want God to be the last voice you hear. Someone say, let God be the last voice you hear. That's good news, y'all. This personal wisdom will always keep you, watch this, in the presence of wickedness. In other words, when I say wickedness, somebody say outside the will of God. And I say that some of us can be so smart that we dumb because the believer that gives no thought to God and his word will always find themselves in trouble. Oh, someone say give thought, give thought. And this is the perspective that pride wants us to have. In other words, it's this, it's this terminology of private interpretation. Somebody say private interpretation. This is why our foundational text says that all his thoughts are that there is no God. In other words, they have no concern for God and his word. If I'm going through and I need to make a decision, God and his word, I don't even give concern for it. I don't give no consideration to God and his word. And I find no, no need for counsel from God and his word. Somebody say that's dangerous. The first thing when we get into trouble, we thinking of how we can get ourselves out of it. We thinking what I can do, I can move and shape to make this happen. And we give no thought. And it's subtle, y'all. Somebody say it's subtle. Yeah, but really what it is, someone say that's pride. And I made note of this. This word or terminology of private interpretation is found in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. And it speaks of private interpretation. I have it on our screens. It's the Greek word, that word private, adios. And one definition of this word is derived from or out of oneself apart from God. Somebody say apart from God. So, so, so in other words, and somebody may be asking, how do I know if my perspective is private interpretation? Here's some critical questions. How do I respond to the decisions of life? Do I seek God and his word or do I move by my own accord? Do I do what seems, I think this is what I should do and give no thought to God. If you ever make decisions apart from the counsel of God and the word of God, somebody say that's private interpretation. The Bible speaks of this, of, of the children of Israel. They said they did what they seemed right in their own eyes. Whew, somebody say that's dangerous. And watch what Proverbs 21, 2 says. People may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their heart. This is why pride is so subtle. Because in your own eyes, you can think, I'm doing the right thing. No, th th this is rational. This makes sense. I've done it before, not knowing 
that the Bible says the Lord examines the heart. In other words, we've got to give God an opportunity to look at our decision and does it line up with his will for our lives. Somebody say, if I don't do that, I'm operating in pride. I hope I'm helping y'all this morning. I hope I'm helping y'all. And this is why pride wants you to move by private interpretation because it makes you watch this subject being right standing with God. Somebody say that's dangerous. I don't never want to find myself and not in right standing with God. So even with well-meaning intentions, even with well-thought-out decisions, even when I've, 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 um, um, I, I, I weighed the cost, I, I counted the cost, I could still be outside of right standing with God. Do y'all see how dangerous that is? Somebody say that's pride. Watch what 1 Corinthians 3.19 declares. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. God has done some stuff in my life where I thought I had it all, I had it all figured out. And God says, I'm going to do it another way. Because the wisdom of this world, some say is foolish to God. And, and you'll never realize how great the hand of God is once you see God operating outside of what you think is wisdom. You, you really don't know the miracle working power of God until you see God work outside of what we consider. Somebody say wisdom. Ooh, God has blown my mind when I thought I had it all together and he did it another way. So hear this. I'm almost done. I, I, I said that it wants us pride wants us to believe that perpetual isolation is a good thing. Someone say a good thing. It, it wants us to operate in private interpretation. It wants you to believe that you got the resume, you got the background, you got all the wisdom and knowledge, and you can do it, someone say, on my own. Here's what I'm saying. Watch what verse number five says. His ways always go well for him. His laws are too high for him to see. He laughs at those who hate him. Success, watch this, knows how to let pride sneak in. Success. Somebody say success. Because watch this. Pride wants you to believe that every open door was because of your own accord. Every resource you have was because of your resume. And every promotion was because of your personal effort. Somebody say the devil is a lie. Yeah. Yeah. This is why the living Bible version of Psalm 75, 6 through 7 declares for promotion and power comes from nowhere on earth, but only somebody say from God. He promotes one and he dis disposes another. Promotion comes from God and God alone. God wants you to believe that your access to promotion was personal. Someone say, the devil is I. And this is how people really get rooted deep in pride because they believe it was all because of them. Someone say, no, I won. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to be real honest. Y'all know my background. Y'all know what I like to share over the pulpit. And someone say, he don't care. I, I thought that I was a real ladies man back in the day. Someone say a ladies man. And I thought that I pulled Serena and I thought I had all the game. I done cleaned up the car. I done had my little swag on. Somebody say it wasn't me. Yeah, if men would just catch that, it wasn't you. Somebody say it really wasn't you. If, if some of the women could be honest, it really wasn't the man. If somebody say it was God. Because if I would have told you what I saw about you, it was God that told me. Yeah, because I saw some warning signs. Someone say it was God. Yeah, it was God. And then we attribute our success, somebody say, to us. 
Oh, that's dangerous. And then pride sneaks in. Because if you could watch this, really get it out of the mud and pull, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, then why would you need God? And I don't know about nobody else, but somebody say, I need God. Oh, I don't know about, I don't care how, how much God blesses me, I still need God. I don't care how much money is in my bank account, somebody say, I need God. Yeah, I need God, I need God. I ain't gonna never let nobody tell me I don't need God. No, I need God. Because all I have and all I need, watch this, comes from God. I'm going to give you Bible. Watch what Psalm 24 1 says. And I love this. This is one of my favorite texts. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. So that means all that I need. Someone say all I need. All that I have. Someone say all I have comes from God. Yeah, but here's what pride wants you to believe. That the level of prosperity in your life is interdependent. In other words, it has no bearing on anyone else or anything. The only bearing is myself. How hard I work, how much effort I put into it, how, how, how much that I, that I have my mind focused on it. Somebody say the devil is alive. Yeah, I know the Bible says faith without works is dead and works without faith is dead. But listen, I, someone say I need God. Yeah, I need God. I know your little work, your little work. The only thing that your little work does is shows God that you're committed to him. But somebody say he don't really need your work. Your works only shows God that you're committed to him. But somebody say he don't need your works. Oh, that's good news. He don't need my work because somebody say I'll jack it up. Yeah, I will jack it up. Listen, I need, a, I need somebody to know it was not your charisma. It was not your connections. And it was not your little bit of coins. Somebody say it was God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you didn't do it, but someone say God did. I got to say with the culture, y'all, God really did do it. This is why the perspective of pride wants you to believe that your prosperity is in. And watch what our foundational text says. His ways always go well for him. Your pride wants you to believe that with God or without God, my ways going to always go well for me. Because I've got this formula. Like I've got it all figured out. So it wants you to believe that it's, say, on my own. Yeah, on my own, on my own. Whew. This is why pride is so dangerous, y'all. Here's what pride does. It hinders you from seeing God's sovereign hand at work in your success. The Bible says he reigns both on the just and the unjust. He does not want you to see is that the reason you got through school, someone say God did reason you stayed in your marriage because you done messed up, I'm going to say God did. The reason you got that little business and you doing your little thing, I'm going to say God did. Pride does not want you to see God's sovereign hand in your success. And here's what I try to do, and I, I, I make this a habit. I always look for the hand of God in my life. Because the day you stop looking for his hand is the day that you believe it's you. Somebody say that's pride. Yeah, that's pride. Consider what Psalm 44, 3 says. God had to tell the children of Israel this, for they did not gain it by gain the possession of the land by their own sword, nor did their own arm save them, but it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance. And I said it before and I'll say it again. It's not because of what they did, but someone say God did. This is why pride is so dangerous, because when you don't believe God is working, you will try to make things work on your own. And here's another reason 
that how pride starts jumping in is not simply success. It's really when you can't see his hand. So you can be going through and you don't believe God is doing anything. So because I don't see God, because God ain't moving like I need him to move, I start making stuff happen on my own. And whenever you start working void of God, it never ends well. I hope y'all just caught what I just said. Whenever you start working void of God, it don't end well. Someone say pride knows how to jump in. I love the song, even when it don't seem like he's working, even when it don't feel like he's working. Somebody say he never stops. I don't know about y'all, but I serve a God that does not sleep nor slumber. Even when I can't see God, I got to know that and trust God. You're still working. I know that I'm going through. I know I feel like I'm about, about to lose my mind, but God is working. Somebody say God is working. And here's what pride does. Pride sneaks into your life because you don't believe God is working. And as soon as you don't believe God, God is working, you start putting on your hands on stuff that don't belong to you. Somebody say that's pride. This is how pride is so subtle, y'all. It don't have to be, somebody say success. It don't have to be success for pride to slip in. Help us today, God. I'm done, y'all. I really am. I just want us to understand I have this pride. And this is why pride is a poison. I got to understand something about a poison. It can be injected into you. You don't feel the effects till later on. Matter of fact, when it first hits you, you can be all right. And then you don't feel it until later on. So poison, the poison of pride wants to slip it into our lives and we don't feel the effects. Somebody say till later on. I had to check myself. I said, Lord, even when, and I shared this with y'all, even with the whole house situation, even with my job, it's like, God, you see your servant struggling over here? And I had to remind myself, somebody say he never stops working. He never stops working. I made mention of this in my introduction, but it bears repeating again. The pride that you're unable to discern will be the pride that you're unable to defeat. Somebody say, I've got to discern it. I pray y'all took notes because listen, it does not have to be the person that's always boasting themselves up that it looks like the one that is operating in pride. Somebody say, I can be silent and pride still slip in. So, so, so this is why pride wants to distort our perspective. It wants us to find comfort, contentment, and even make covenant unknowingly with pride. And when pride goes unnoticed and it goes unchecked, watch this, we're unprotected. Someone say, I, be- I become unprotected. This is why we need revelation concerning pride. And I said it, pride wants you to believe that perpetual isolation is okay. Somebody say the devil is a lie. Pride wants you to believe and walk in private interpretation. Someone say the devil is a lie. And then pride wants you to believe that your prosperity is interdependent. Someone say the devil is a lie. But here's this, I believe there's an even more greater danger to this perspective of pride. Let's look at verse number six and I'm done. The Bible says, he says to himself, I will not be moved for all time. I will never have trouble. Pride wants you to believe that problems nor punishment is not inevitable. In other words, that I can keep operating this way and nothing will come my way. Somebody say, that's pride. I'll never get caught. Nothing going to never happen to me. I'm going to still keep doing me because doing me has worked out for me. Y'all know folk that act like that? 
That's that. Somebody say that's pride. And the most dangerous thing is, here's why I want us to be able to discern it. Because unknowingly, we can be operating in pride, thinking we're in the will of God. And really, we're, somebody say, unprotected. And it may not show up today, but somebody say, it will show up tomorrow. Somebody say, give me, don't allow me. Somebody say, don't allow me to have the perspective of pride. Let's stand to our feet. Maybe in 2024, Shane, I'm going to have more, more happy messages. But somebody say, I'm trying to keep us safe. Yeah, I'm trying to keep us safe. Let's go to God in prayer. If you found yourself even with a modicum of any of those areas in your life, get those things on your heart. I had to check myself as God was dealing with me concerning this word. I don't want to be the reason. Somebody say, I don't want to be the reason. That hinders the presence of God in another's life. If I do, listen, watch this. Pride will hinder the presence of God in another's life. Father, we thank you. We honor you, God, now. God, thank you, God, for giving the perspective of pride. Thank you, God, that we can see now. It's not about just the one that loves God, but pride knows how to sneak into our lives. So, God, I pray against a believer in this place that always finds themselves in isolation. Help us, God, not to be isolated. Help us, not, God, to run, not to run from counsel, correction, or even to be confronted. Help us, God. And I pray, God, over this house. Let this be a safe house. God, let this be a safe house. Many of us have been damaged by previous houses of God. But God, I pray God for a safe house. You say, God, that your name is a strong tower, the righteous run in and they are safe. Let this place be a refuge, God, that the righteous might run into and be safe. So God, that we can share with somebody, God, there's somebody, God, that we need to share our lives with. Give access our souls to God so that we won't operate in pride. God, and don't let us be physically present and still in perpetual isolation. Help us to open up. I pray for every introvert in this place that loves to run and hide, that loves to steal away. And God, although that's necessary, let that not always be our perpetual journey in the body of Christ. Help us today, God, we pray. God, I pray for a people, God, that are operating in private interpretation. They give no thought to God, give no consideration to God, Give no, give no counsel, room for counsel of God in his word. Help us today, God, we pray. We don't have a formula, God. Our formula is found in you and your word. And God, I thank you, God, that although the multitude of counselors is safe, the multitude of counselors is not sovereign. Give us your sovereign counsel, we pray. Let that be the last voice we both hear and need. God, I pray now, God. That nobody believes that their success is dependent upon them, God. All that we need and all that we have is because you did it, God. Thank you, God, that God did. We honor you, God, and we love you, God. Let pride not go unnoticed, neither go unchecked. Because if it does, God, we go unprotected. Cover your people, God, we pray. Thank you, God, for exposing pride in our lives. And now, God, we'll do the work of dealing with it, God. So that our testimony will not be 
that we were destroyed because of pride. Never believe a God that wants to remove pride from their life. Every believer that wants to be able to discern pride when they see it. Somebody say thank God. Thank God. And amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise.